Welcome to C's for Creepy. My name is Elise. And my name's Courtney. Join us every week as we discuss our favorite true crime and paranormal stories. From A to Z. Welcome to a very special edition of Nocturnal Novellas. Do you know why it's so special? Hmm. We've officially been doing this for 12 months. Holy fuck. That's a wild. I know. So a year ago this month, we started the podcast. I think our first episode came out March 1st. It was definitely... So next month. Next month. But it was conceived. The idea was conceived this month. Yes. So it's pretty exciting that we've done 12 of these. Yeah, it is. Go us. I know. Like we got dedication. We had a plan. We stuck with it. Yep. That's I'm I'm here for it, and I still love these. I I you know what I look forward to the nocturnal novellas every month because yeah. like it's kind of our chance to do our own. Th- well, I guess like, for first time listeners, the nocturnal novellas is a bonus episode we put out. We each cover three different topics of whatever we want. Mm-hmm. Kind of within, like, the same realm, but sometimes they're a stretch, and yeah. that's okay. Yeah, they're nocturnal novellas, but they're they're shorter stories. We just get to have a little fun. Yeah. Usually yeah. we pick lighter topics than what we normally cover. Yes, this is true, <laughs> except for this week. Um, oh, of course, Courtney didn't get the memo. I didn't get the memo. <laughs> that's Sorry. okay. A couple of mine are a little dark, too. So. Sweet. Here we are. <laughs> Do you want to go first? Sure. So my first topic is deadly locations. This time we are going to Yorkshire, England, which is home to the Bolton Stride. Strid. Strid. S-T-R-I-D. Strid. Okay. Okay. Um, so it is located in a wooded area not far from the Bolton Priory, which is like a little old monastery. Okay. Okay. It is the most picturesque little creek babbling about. It's only six feet across, and the edges are lined by mossy rocks, like literally right out of a fairy tale. Love it. Yeah. How's this a dangerous place? Well, we're getting to it. This is one of the most deadliest streams in the world, although the exact number of lives claimed by this creek is unknown. All along the street are warning signs that state, quote, the street is a dangerous place and has claimed lives in the past. Please stand well back and be aware of sil- be aware slippery slippery rocks. Mm. The street is a part of the river wharf, and upstream the river runs thirty feet wide, but is fairly shallow. Okay. But when it reaches the section that is the Bolton Street, the river essentially turns sideways. So you got to think all that water that was 30 feet across is now going through a channel that is only six feet across and it goes so much deeper. Mm-hmm. The force of the water traversing through this tight channel is deceptive, but there is powerful currents that run through it. The undertow. Yeah. Okay. The water also is naturally curved out, carved out caves, crevices, and other segments. Backbreakers if you fall through. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, so if you fall through and you get, you could get carried into a channel that runs underneath everything, or into a little cave area, or you could just slam up into a rock. Okay. Like, 
Not here for it. If you fall in, there's a really good chance you're not coming out. I don't know if you know this, but, like, I have a really issue, I have a really big issue with, like, water and, like, depths of water and dying in water. And you always pick these. You know what? I on purpose did not pick an underwater cave, but I still landed on this bad boy. <laughs> you just know. You're like, how do I make her squeamish today? <laughs> I always find a way. I know. <laughs> what do you say? If I had to read it, you have to hear it? Yes. <laughs> okay. Da, da, da. So yeah, the water traps those unlucky enough to fall in. So as I said before, it is unknown exactly how many lives this street has claimed, but local legend claims that no one has come out after falling in. Hmm. This street is still a popular destination for hikers given the scenic beauty. And like straight up, it is beautiful. Right out of a fairy tale, it does not look real. Like, you know why? Because it's not calm enough for people to wreck it. Mm, that's true. That is very true. Thank God for that. <laughs> I keep preserve the beauty somehow. Yeah. Okay. Mother Nature's like, fuck you. Yeah. Absolutely not. This is my place. Yeah. So, although its deadly nature has been the subject of poems and short stories, many people still want to visit this deceptive killer. It is important to stay far away from slippery rocks that line the strid, lest the creek could claim another life. I wonder how many first dates went there and men trying to be like, Macho felon. I'm very curious. I'm hoping the number is zero. So one of the more popular cases is a couple that were on their honeymoon that vanished, and it is assumed that they fell on the strid. So I hope that wasn't the case. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping like she slept and then he tried to save her, but now I'm thinking, oh no, what if he was showing off to his new bride? Mm Mm-hmm. I wonder if they've ever sent, like, a GoPro down just to see where, like, so you could get, like, the fake bodies. <laughs> that would be a really cool idea. And then with, like, a GoPro just to see, like, where everybody's ending up. Well, like I said, because of, like, the force of the water, it's there's multiple different channels that run. Mm. So mm-hmm. it could be... It'd be cool to see the statistics for, like, how many end up in column A, how many end up in column B, like, where are they <laughs> go? be. Well, then they'd be able to find them. Uh, they probably wouldn't be able to get them out, though. No, but they would know where they are. <laughs> yes, that is true. Okay, um, and I got this information from atlasobscura.com. Nice. So it was, like, I definitely want to go there. It would be cool. I, yeah, it looks beautiful. But don't show off. No. You know what? I'm really not a shower offer. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> what is your first story? So today we are going to cover, because we are in the month of love, we are going to cover the origins of Valentine's Day. Ooh. So Valentine's Day, for anybody who does not celebrate it, is a time to celebrate romance and love. But the origins of this festival of Candy and Cupid is actually dark, bloody, and has been a bit lost to time. Classic. They're never nice and peaceful startings to these things. No. We gotta, you know, magic of Disney them to make them appealing. (laughs) So, though no one has pinpointed the exact origin of the holiday, 
one place to start is ancient Rome. From February 13th to 15th, the Romans celebrate the Feast of Lupercalia. Okay. The men sacrificed a goat and a dog, then whipped women with their hides of the animal they had just sacrificed. Holy fuck, yeah. But that's not a way to get into my heart. <laughs> Any of it. <laughs> the Roman romantics were drunk. They were naked. Noel Lenski, now a religious studies professor at Yale University, told NPR Magazine in 2011. Young women would line up for the men to hit them, Lenski said. They believed this would make them fertile. Okay. The brutal feat included a matchmaking lottery in which young men drew the names of women from a jar. The couple would then be coupled for the duration of the festival, or longer if the match was right. The ancient Romans may also have been responsible for the name of our modern day of love. Emperor Claudius II executed two men, both named Valentine, on February 14th of a different year in the 3rd century. Their martyrdom was honored by the Catholic Church with the celebration of St. Valentine's Day. I see. I see. So one is a lustful sexcapade, and the other is the slaying of a man named Valentine. Two and, men named Valentine. Yes. And somehow we got to... Chocolates and flowers. Yeah. Yes. I see the connection. Because if I don't get chocolates and flowers, there will definitely be budget. <laughs> no, I'm totally fucking around. <laughs> but, but, like, I'm not I'm not walking up to any man being like, here, whip me with your wet goat hide. I need to be fertile for ya. <laughs> Ew. Like, no thank you. Especially because it's, like, fresh, so it would be warm. And like, or, no, it would be cold. No, it because, like, as soon as it airs out, it would be, like, wet and cold. It wouldn't be warm anymore. Maybe for the first person they whacked, it would be warm. But after a while, it would just become cold. And wet. I cannot see myself just standing in a line, seeing a bunch of women getting whipped and being like, ooh, my turn's next. Yeah, let me have those babies. I need yeah. to be fertile. Hit me with the dog, not the goat. Like, <laughs> why a dog? <laughs> right? <laughs> Like, I think maybe the women should have been whipping the, the men. men. I agree. I, I'm more Get some of that sexual frustration out. Yes. I mean, yes, absolutely. <laughs> you also, well, I mean, they did also blame the women for everything. Too so sure. if there was fertility problems, it wouldn't be the man's fault. This is true. Oh, well. But I'm really glad that that is no longer the case. Yeah, 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 yeah. Though, you know, if it wasn't for the whipping, like, Lupercalia could sound fun. Drunken endeavors with people. Naked people. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that could be fun. If it wasn't for the whipping and fertility issue, we'd be fine. Although, I'm not sure about the lottery matchmaking. What if you ended up with, like, someone who you just despised all night? True. Then you walk away. But, like, at that point, you're already whipped. You're bloody. Like, you're going to get caught if you go home at a different time. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, you're kind of stuck there until the festivities end. <laughs> this is true. 
<laughs> this is true. Oh, I guess you'd get drunk enough that yeah. in the morning it wouldn't matter. But then you'd be filled with regret. Eh. Wait till next year. Hopefully you luck out. Touche. <laughs> what is your next story? So my next topic is a law which states that it is illegal to die. What? Well, that's not actually the case, but the internet ran wild with that rumor. So, in Norway, there is a group of islands called Flodbard, located in the Arctic Ocean between mainland Norway and the North Pole. Only one of the islands, called Spitsbergen, is permanently inhabited year-round. Due to the location, temperatures in the summer stay around 4 to 7 degrees Celsius, and the average temperature is about minus 13 in the winter. <sighs> okay. Like I said, that's average, so it gets a lot lower than that, too. Yeah. Given the location. Due to the location, they also have the midnight sun in the summertime and polar nights in the winter. summer. Or in the winter, yes. Mm -hmm. So due to the constant cold temperatures, the permafrost has penetrated the ground. So those who, are, who were buried there were not decomposing. <laughs> okay. What's more is that due to like due to the melting and freezing of the ground, bodies were known to rise up after a certain amount of time. Oh my god. And that's really bad. Like they figured that out in the 1950s and they're like the disease we're, we're like Yeah. <laughs> they're not decaying. They're not returning to the earth. This is also a small island, so there's only so much room to begin with and they're not going away. Mhm. Mm <laughs> Could y'all just stay there? Yeah, but no. So to combat this, the only option of dot of body disposal on Svalbard is cremation, and ha you can have your ashes kept on the island. But even that requires a permit. Usually, uh, you have to have a legitimate reason for why your ashes should be there, and they generally approve them. But like, still. So, like, I was born and raised on the island? Well, actually, it's funny you say that. Um, because the hospital's very basic, babies aren't born on the island. Oh. Like, women have to leave and go to the mainland within 21 days of their due date. Oh. So, that just rules out a bunch of complications. There's no chance. Of any death or anything, or like if the if anybody needs medical assistance, they're not going to be able to get it there. Yeah. So they all go to the mainland to have their babies, except for like emergency cases. There's been probably a couple, but yeah, those are very, very, very rare. Um. So also because of the hospital being very basic, they have no way to care for patients long term. As well, there is no retirement homes on the island. So not being able to take care of yourself is grounds to be sent to the mainland. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Uh, mm hmm So if you do die while in Svalbard, and, like, the reasons I gave were, like, polar bear attacks or other weather-related accidents. Oh. Okay. <laughs> those were, like, the only reasons they gave for somebody dying on there. What about, like, spontaneously dying? There's only like an aneurysm. Yeah. Like, I don't know. But yeah, it doesn't happen very often. 
So probably if there was any symptoms, you'd be sent straight to the mainland. Interesting. Yes. So, if you do die while in Svalbard, your remains are sent back to the mainland. Specifically, since you have to have an address in another Norwegian municipality before you can move to Svalbard, it is to that municipality your remains are sent. So, I thought that was so interesting. Yeah. It. That's so weird. But it does make sense. Like, you can't have diseases and just. Oh, especially when, like, you have bare minimum. Medical. For health care, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. But could you imagine being that person being like, what's that over there? And it's like an arm or something sticking <laughs> I'm surprised that they wouldn't have, like, mausoleums. I think that because space is such a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Resource. That, yeah, yeah, because, like, space is so limited, I don't think that justifying having mausoleums set up would be very mm-hmm. efficient either, when you could just shift them into the mainland for them to deal with. But. Yeah. Could you imagine being the one to have to go and tell Grandma, like, hey, Sorry. You can't take care of yourself anymore, yeah, Nan. You gotta go. Oh, it's time. Oh, man. <laughs> what is your next story? So, my next story is how to play one man hide and go see. Oh, it's been a while since we've done a game. I know. Okay, I'm ready for this. Is it um, really scary? Uh, a little bit. Okay. As uh, per usual, this is a story. Do with this information as you want, but we are not liable. With what outcome you have. Yes. Alright. So, this is a game that has deep roots in a ritual. Necromancy rituals, to be exact. Oh, goodness. In this game, you summon a spirit into the body of a doll, who then plays hide and seek with you. That is horrible, Courtney. Why are you sharing this with the world? You're welcome. Oh my god, I feel what you feel every time I talk. (laughs) Seems innocent enough. But if you have a deep-set fear of dolls, mannequins, or other bodily items, this will be your worst nightmare. (laughs) So let's get into how to summon the entity and what is said to happen after you possibly decided to ruin your own life. Jesus Christ. Okay, let's do this. All right. So to do the ritual, you will need a doll. Okay. Scissors or something sharp. Red thread and a needle, rice, hair and or nail clippings from yourself, salt water in a cup, a bathroom, and that is all. So there's going to be a fair amount of work for this ritual. You just, fair work. Okay, you lost me. (laughs) How did you work for this? Nope. An important note, you must name your doll. This will not work if you have not named the doll. You also cannot give the doll your name. Okay. Because, you know, you're summoning a demon. Why wouldn't you just name your doll your own name? What if you named it your name, Junior? No. Your name, the third. Call them 30. (laughs) Go into the bathroom and cut the doll open. Remove all of the filling and then restuff it with the rice and clippings. Ew. Sew the doll back together 
with your red thread and use any remaining thread to tie up the doll. Tie like, it up how? Like, just the arms or all the way around? I think just the arms. Okay. Yeah. Um, so next you're going to run a bath filled with water, put the doll on the sink. Yes, so you're going to put the doll on the sink counter in your bathroom and go to your hiding spot. Place the cup of salt water and the sharp object on the floor of your hiding spot. Once the time reaches 3 a.m., you don't have to be in the same room as the doll for this, but tell the doll, insert your name here, is it? So you're going to say, Elise is it, three times. No, I'm not. <laughs> Go into the bathroom, put the doll into the water-filled tub, and then turn off all the lights in your house. After you've done that, go to your hiding spot, turn on your TV, close your eyes, and count to 10. Then pick up the sharp object and go back into the bathroom. The doll should still be there. Say to the doll, I found you, insert doll's name here. After you say this, you have to stab the doll with a sharp object. Place the doll back onto the counter and run back to your hiding place. Do not take the sharp object out of the doll once you've stabbed it. And then? <laughs> <laughs> now that you're in your hiding spot, remain silent. If anything happens to your TV, flickering images, turning itself on and off, that means the spirit slash doll is near. <laughs> After you've been hidden for a bit, you have to take half, or as much as you can of the salt water into your mouth. Don't swallow it, just hold it in your mouth. Then go and search for the doll again. Make sure you bring the rest of the cup of salt water with you. And once you have found the doll, you have to pour the rest of the salt water onto it, spit the water in your mouth onto it, and tell it, I win three times. This ends the game. No. Once the game has ended, Dry the doll and burn it. If there are any remains of the doll left, put salt on it and discard it. I hate this. This is awful. Why? Like, why? There, there's better things to do with your time. Maybe you're just really lonely. Okay, but once again, we don't need to summon a demonic doll to hunt you down. Like, it's got the sharp object still in it. Okay. Could be a... Which means that, like, if this doll finds you, I would assume... Steps down. It would be reciprocated. Right? I would assume so. I would assume. Oh, not a fan. Not a fan. <laughs> Some things to keep in mind during the game. If you have your phone, keep it on Do Not Disturb and have the brightness at its lowest. Do not use your phone unless you need to call for help. I've been stabbed by a doll. <laughs> Could you imagine the call to that police station? Holy fuck. Try to stay as calm and as silent as possible, especially if you think the doll is in the room with you. Try to keep all the doors unlocked in case you need to run away at any time. This is only an emergency resort. Try not to leave the house at any point during the game. Mm -hmm. Keep some natural salt with you and line the door to the room you're in. Keep some religious tools with you if it will make you feel safe. And try not to hide in any places you could get stuck or cornered. Mm -hmm. And above all else, use your common sense 
Try to ask friends or even neighbors to keep an eye out on the house while you're playing this game. Tell them the time to expect the lights to come back on and what to do if they haven't heard from you in a while. If you have friends, do not do this game. Play hide and seek with them. Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> okay, but you also have to think some people, like, find thrill in tempting fate, right? If you have friends, you can play hide-and-go-seek in the dark. Nothing's stopping you. You don't have to summon a demon to do that. I feel like it would not be nearly as exciting as Chucky chasing you down the hall. Just no. But. <laughs> I'm just saying. There's better. If you have friends, like, last resort. You don't need to. You don't need to. Fair. <laughs> Fair. So what is your last story? My final topic is about a fear I never knew I had until I read this case. Okay. Hey, so this happened on February 28th in 2013 to a man named Jeffrey Bush, who is 36 years old. Around 11 p.m. that night, Jeffrey was at home in bed when a sinkhole opened up right under his bedroom. Oh, God. The sinkhole was giant, measuring 15 feet wide and 20 feet deep. It engulfed his entire bedroom, all of his furniture, and Jeffrey. Oh my god. So this was located in Tampa, Florida, and although sinkholes are common there, they generally aren't that large. In fact, they are so common that house insurers provide sinkhole coverage by law in Florida. Wow. One of the reasons believed to be why some parts of Florida get so many sinkholes is because it is located on top of limestone stone caverns that are subject to water erosion, which can cause them to collapse. <gasps> well, Jeffrey's brother was in the house when he and his bedroom were swallowed by the ground and heard him scream. Jeffrey's brother jumped into the hole to try and save his brother, but was eventually rescued by emergency services. Oh. That same night, there was multiple more collapses with which buried listening devices placed in the hole. Jeffrey was never found, and rescue attempts were stopped after it was determined that the hole was not stable and would continue to grow. The remainder of the house was demolished, and the house and the hole was filled with gravel. So the sinkhole actually reopened on January on August nineteenth in two thousand fifteen. This time, measuring twenty feet in diameter. The area was fenced off and geological surveys were done. No one was evacuated. But, like, could you imagine just being in bed and the ground just being like, come with me? No. No. So I didn't know that that was a thing until I read this, and now I really hope that never, ever happens to me. <laughs> like, imagine how bad your luck would have to be for that to happen. Like, in your bedroom. Like, the, the rest of the house was apparently fine. It just opened over his bedroom, oh <laughs> under God. his bedroom. That poor man. Right? That was sad. Right? What's your last one? So my last one, I have some German superstitions for you. Nice. So, spit on your fellow actor's shoulder before play. Okay. Theaters are famously super superstitious. Superspicious <laughs> places and theaters in Germany are no different. British and American thespians 
truly tell each other to break a leg before the premiere to avoid bad luck, but Germans take it a little further and spit on each other's left shoulder. I see. Next, we have pressing your thumbs. While English... (laughs) (laughs) While English speakers cross their fingers for luck, Germans hold their thumbs, or drunken die Daumen. This appears to come from the days of ancient Rome in gladiator fighting, where the emperor would indicate whether the losing fighter was to be executed. Thumbs up means sword out and the man's dying. (laughs) Or not. Thumb hidden means sword sheathed and the man lives. Okay. So, pressed... Pressing your thumb maybe into, like, your palm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's different. So, never give knives as gifts. Ooh, but that was, like, my favorite gift for my wedding. Got a knife set. It was amazing. But are you German? No. Well, actually, that's a lie. I'm, like, a quarter German. Was the person who gave it to you German? I don't think so. Okay. So, um... Giving a German knives as a gift means that you're cutting through the friendship. So make sure you steer clear when looking for a housewarming present and avoid gifting your lover shoes, too. It is said that if they run away, it would be your fault. That is the second time giving shoes is a bad luck. That's very interesting. Right? Next, we have always make eye contact during toasts. Whenever you clink glasses with anyone, always remember to maintain eye contact or you can be cursed with bad sex. Wow. Regardless of who you're with or what you're drinking, bear this in mind as the curse lasts for seven years. Oh, damn. Yeah, that's not, risk. That's not worth risking over. <laughs> okay, but like, I don't know about you, but I don't think I've ever stared at anybody in the eyeball while taking a shot. Like, I thought it was just like the clink. Clink. Oh. And, and then, then like, also drinking. <laughs> yeah, I usually close my eyes when I drink something, now that I think about it. Stop. You're going to have bad sex. No. <laughs> Next, we have never light cigarettes from candles. Okay. Given that you can't smoke in many public places anymore, and the fact that candles and matches have been replaced by lighters as the preferred method of lighting cigarettes, you probably won't break this rule anytime soon, as it is said that every time you do, a sailor dies. Gotta keep the sailors safe. The reason for this superstition is actually quite logical, as in the olden days, sailors used to make matches to tide them over in winter months when they couldn't go out to sea. Therefore, by using a candle instead of a match, you are robbing sailors of their temporary living. Wow. That's interesting. And finally, we have knock on the table when you sit down at the pub. Okay. Whenever you arrive at a pub or bar, you should always knock twice on the table. Why, you may ask? To show your friends that you are not the devil. Devil only knocks once. Yeah. Well, doesn't the devil knock three times? I think it depends on the devil. Ah. (laughs) That's super interesting. So that is my nocturnal novellas for February. Yes, that was awesome. And you'll have to catch us on next Tuesday. Tuesday as our next episode comes out. That is H. Yes, H is going to be a good one. Yes. 
So please make sure to rate and review us. We would love to hear you if you have any lore or superstitions or crazy weird laws for where you are. Or any real crime experiences or paranormal experiences. We have shared some in the past and we'd love to continue to do so. Yes. Please send them our way. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to C is for Creepy. We put out weekly episodes every Tuesday going through the creepy alphabet. Check out our website at acast.com slash C is for creepy or on Facebook at C is for creepy podcast or on Instagram at C for creepy podcast. If you have any questions, concerns or suggestions, please email us at C for creepy at gmail.com. Artwork done by Alexis Daly. Check out her work at L-E-X-X-A underscore artwork on Instagram. See you next week. Bye.